Hey, business building warrior, I've got a treat for you today. From time to time, well, actually about once a week or so, I like to go live in the Facebook group and invite any of the members who'd like to join me onto like a Zoom session where we can see each other and interact with each other on the screen. If you want to join us for one of these, by the way, typically I do it on Monday evenings around 5 p.m. Eastern time. That's 5 o'clock p.m. New York time. Most weeks, not every week, but this time I recorded the session. We don't record all of them, but we did this time. And we may do this a few times in the future as well, if this is something that we get some feedback from you saying you enjoy. So let me set this up a little bit and you can decide if this is an episode for you. We ask all of the members of our community, we got about 72,000 people in our Facebook group, to bring any questions they have to a live Zoom hangout where the topic is typically revolving around growing your business in e-commerce and on Amazon. So we get all kinds of interesting questions and you can see from the description today some of the questions that were tackled during the discussion time. A lot of times these Monday night meetings are a way for us to greet the newest members of our community. So you'll see some questions in there that kind of cater to the newer sellers who are trying to establish a business on Amazon. But just so you know, if this is one of your first episodes you've ever listened to of our podcast, my name is Jim. I'm the host most of the time on this show. We have some other great coaches who host as well from time to time. But this show has about 500 episodes or more of success story interviews with the students of ours who are taking the Proven Amazon course. That's what this community is about. That's what this show is about, helping you launch a great business using a course that's called, I'll give you the name again, it's the Proven Amazon Course. You can find details on that course at provenamazoncourse.com. So most of the episodes of this podcast are interviews with the students who are succeeding with that course. But we like to have some other content as well. You guys have requested it where we dive in and answer those questions. So in an open microphone setting, we captured some of the best questions from the community hanging out and I gave answers and you never know what interesting questions might pop up. And again, if you want to join us live, the best way to get in on this is to get into our Facebook group. There's a link at silentgym.com. You can get into our free Facebook group There's also a link there to our Proven Amazon course, and you can hear all of our past podcast episodes by going there as well. A lot of our episodes only are found in audio format, and there's a link there. You can get on iTunes or Spotify or your favorite podcast listening app, and you can hear all those great interviews with our successful students. Something else we're very proud of, that free Facebook group I mentioned, you can jump into it and see for yourself. We have 1,700 tagged success posts from students using our Amazon training to build beautiful businesses. Many of those people go on to be guests on our show. But today, it's an open microphone. It's me with the community hanging out, answering questions. And like I said, if you enjoy this, please let us know. We'll do more of this kind of thing. And plan to join us some Monday, 5 p.m. Eastern. Get into our Facebook group and look for the announcements. We'd love to have you join us live. We can interact. I'd love to answer your questions as well. I've been doing e-commerce for 20 years. It's the only income for my family. There's seven of us. We homeschooled and raised five kids. They're getting married and moving out and getting older at this point. But the 20-year experiment was a wild success. We're so excited and happy to see how things have turned out for our kids, for our business, for our family, for the relationships. We love entrepreneurship and homeschooling under one roof. That's how we did life for 20 plus years. 
and it's been so rewarding. We want that for as many people as, that want that for themselves as well. So we hit on some of those kind of topics on these discussions as well. You never know what you're going to get. But like I said, look at the description, see if there's some interesting topics there for you today that we're going to dive into. And thanks for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Let's get over into the Q&A session with the other listeners. This is something I like to share frequently in this community that I haven't said in a, in a, I don't know, it's been a few weeks probably, because I want to make the warm, make a warm welcome to the new folks. And I want you to understand why it is that we don't see you as a competitor, why it is that we're happy to see you come in and launch a successful business. A, a skeptic might ask a question such as this, the stuff you teach is so good, why you teach it instead of just doing it? Right? You'll hear those kind of questions sometimes. People, people will approach the internet marketing, understandably so, with a very skeptical mindset because they've seen a lot of people get burned. Maybe they've been burned themselves. Maybe they've noticed, oh, this guy's just making money selling a course. He's not actually doing any of this stuff. Right. So I've got a great answer to that that helps explain why we love seeing you here as well. Yes, I make a significant amount of money in my business from selling courses, selling content. I also make a lot of money selling physical product, coaching, events, the podcast. I've got multiple streams of income, just like we teach. And we've helped other people do that exact same thing as well. But do you know every new opportunity that's come my way has come my way because of a new student who came into our community, a new student who made themselves available to our training, they started to learn, they started to grow, they started to share with the rest of us what it is that they're experiencing. We all got bigger and better and grew. Basically, I'm explaining a, a synergy. So there's a synergy effect. What that means is the more people we have here bringing creative ideas and creative strategies and new insights into our community, the more opportunities there are for all of us. So every new opportunity that we pursue, we also teach and we share and here's the st statistic behind all of this. This is a very important, powerful lesson, okay? So pay attention for about 30 to 45 seconds here because this will really help explain why it is that we teach instead of just doing. It's because the opportunity is expanding far more rapidly than any of us could ever possibly take advantage of. It would be impossible for us, even as a very large community, to keep up with this trend. If you look at all retail in the United States, what percentage of it do you think is on the internet? And if you've heard me talk about this before, you're going to know the answer. Most people are wildly off when they hear the answer to this number, and it helps me illustrate what I'm trying to say. And maybe you want to type it in the comment. If you've never heard before, you haven't heard anyone explain what percentage of e-commerce, excuse me, what percentage of retail is online versus traditional brick and mortar. Right? So if you look at a pie chart of all retail in the U.S., what percentage is online? What percentage is retail? Right. So take a stab at it. So uh, Brian's asking eight. Is saying thirteen percent. Um, so so tell me what percentage you think is online? Okay. When you're in your answers, I'm going to hear those answers. We've got answers of eight to thirteen. Thirteen percent. What percentage of retail is online? I'd like to see just a few more people. Everyone's saying 13%. Okay, 5%, 14 online versus traditional brick and mortar. What percentage do you guys think? Anyone else have any other guesses? It sounds like a few people have been around a while because the actual answer is somewhere around 16 to 18% of all economic activity 
retail economic activity in the U.S. is online. Many people are shocked by that number. They think it's 50 or 60%. It's not. It's heading in that direction very quickly, but it's such a blue ocean of opportunity. There is so much growth ahead that there is room for thousands and thousands more people to be doing what we teach. And if we surround ourselves with other people who are doing it successfully, that's new ideas, new synergy that comes into our community, new concepts, new courses. It's been a long time since I was the guy that dreamed up a new course or content for this community. It's the successful students who are doing it all day, every day that contribute those ideas to our community. So that's why we love to welcome in the new sellers. We know it's a blue ocean of opportunity. We know that we're all going to build our businesses bigger as we surround ourselves with other people who are doing the models with different creative advantages than we have, where you live, the connections you have, the strategies you're going to slowly unpack as you grow, that's going to benefit all of us. So we love seeing you guys come in and grow. We also know that business is done best when it's done with others. If you try to isolate, you're not going to do very well. So we push back against the isolation tendencies of e-commerce where we can easily kind of vanish behind our own keyboards, say, world, leave me alone. I'm going to build a business. All I need is my keyboard and the internet, and I'm going to do something big. That's not how it works. You need people. You need relationships. You need friendships. You need people you can lean on. You need people you can do the journey with together. So that's a theme in our community as well as very intentional relationships. You want to constantly be adding new people into your life. And that's a biblical principle, actually. And I've borrowed a lot of biblical principles in the approach that we've used to grow this community. So that I said all that to say this, we love seeing new people come into our group. And that's why, because we know your future success stories, strategies, encouragement, you've got a lot to offer. You've seen things and know people that we will never experience. And we are excited to add that into our arsenal. Let's start with a basic overview of what replens is. I mentioned the replens model. And again, if you've been around a while, you've heard me talk about this before. I'll keep it as brief as possible. But there's a video. I'm going to type it into the chat right now. So you can, if you're listening live, you can see the chat. Silentgym.com slash intro video. Please go watch that 20-minute video. It's me getting on Amazon.com and showing you what replens are. You probably are guessing and you think you know, but you probably don't know, especially if you're new. A lot of people think they have understand replens and they really don't yet. If you don't understand that there are millions of replen opportunities on Amazon right now and they're available in a tremendous abundance, you don't understand the opportunity yet. You haven't seen it presented and demonstrated the right way. So go watch that video. It's a business model that you can wade into. It costs, we have success stories of people that started with $200, 200. That covers their inventory. That covers the proven Amazon course. That covers Seller Central, which is the app that Amazon that you sign up for when you get a professional selling account. And that covers the only software you'll need as you're getting started, which is called Keepa, K-E-E-P-A, Keepa. Just that, and they've built seven-figure businesses from starting very humbly with just those tools. The example I was giving you, the guy that started with $200 is actually my aunt's chiropractor. She told him to listen to our podcast. He started listening. Within about a year and a half, he had sold off tens of thousands of dollars of student debt. He never put in another penny of money. He started with $200, rolled his profit over, rolled it over, kept flipping that money for his 40% ROI items to 80% ROI items using the replens model. He went after it hard. 
he built a beautiful business. He's doing great to this day. I actually just got off a podcast with someone I interviewed three years ago that started with replens. They now have a $5 million plus dollar business that they operate using replens and then some of the more advanced strategies that we teach as you start to scale. You can start very humbly. You don't have to spend a lot of money. The proven Amazon course is $39 a month. Shut it off anytime you want. And it has everything you'll ever need. It's going to grow with you as you work your way through the replens then into the, some of the more advanced models that we teach. And it's worked for thousands of people. So we're super excited about the models we teach. Can't guarantee anything, obviously. But if you follow the course, you put in the effort, we're very proud of what we've built here. It's been a team effort. There's about 60 of us that run the coaching and the content. And you add in the administrators and the support team. There's about 100 of us that support this community. And we're we're honored to be here to help you on your journey. So what is a replan? It's simply an underserved listing on Amazon. That's the best way to think of it. There's a bunch of listings on Amazon right now. They have a handful of sellers, but not enough sellers because you could jump in there and be selling profitably on that listing right alongside the other sellers. We teach you how to identify those replan listings. They're available in abundance and we have ample evidence of that. That's the replans model. So I want to ask, was asking about toy safety certificates. Now, if there was like a level one through five, one being very newbie friendly conversation where every new person, even if they've never sold online before, they'd never made a dollar before, they would understand what I'm saying. And a five being, I'm going to lose you fast unless you've got a $100,000 a month business, <laughs> right? So level one, newbie, level five, advanced the toy certificate question is kind of a level two or three question. Okay. So I apologize for starting off kind of in the weeds, but if you try to sell toys on Amazon at some point, you might get a request for a toy safety certificate. Don't be freaked out. The worst case scenario is Amazon's going to send you back that inventory if you don't supply the safety certificate. The manufacturer, distributor, they probably have that safety certificate. You can ask for it if you want. The good news is, in most cases, the vast majority of the cases, especially as a replen seller, your best course of action might be to do nothing when Amazon asks for that safety certificate and just wait, keep your price set right where it is. Because what most sellers do when Amazon sends out a safety certificate to all the sellers, let's say it's a popular Barbie toy and there's 10 sellers on it, they'll send that same letter to all 10 of you. Odds are one of you is going to supply the safety certificate that Amazon wants. They're not going to tell the other nine of you that they have it. They're just going to give you a deadline and say, unless we get it by this date, we're shutting down this listing. Well, someone's going to send it in. If there's a big seller on there, especially, they're probably going to take care of it. The guy that's you know got 100 units in stock is probably going to take care of it. You got two or three units. Don't worry about it. But what the other sellers are going to do is they're all going to try to sell out before that date gets here because they sent the same letter to all the sellers. So while everyone's scrambling, dropping their prices and going into the tank on this otherwise hot selling toy, you're just sitting there comfortably waiting it out, knowing your worst case scenario is... Amazon will turn that listing off and return your toys to you and you can sell them on eBay or whatever. But what'll probably happen is one of the other sellers will send in that safety certificate. Amazon won't tell anybody that this has happened, but that date will come and go, that that threat date will come and go and you'll be sitting there with inventory still for sale while everyone else has tried to get in under that date and clean out their inventory, thinking they don't want to mess with a safety certificate and Amazon's probably going to shut the listing down so there you are, the only one on a hot ASIN with some great inventory to sell. So the best course of action oftentimes is to do nothing, unless you're the one that went super deep on that toy, which means you're not paying attention to the replen strategy that we teach. 
is we never go more than a month deep on any product that we sell as a replen seller. What characteristics do we use to determine if we're ready to test a product or not? This is a question from uh, Nicola. Thank you for popping this question in. I feel like I might be finding some good product opportunities, but I talk myself out of it. What mindset could I adopt to push through and take these risks? Well, um, Nicola, that's a good question. As a new seller, sometimes you're nervous to pull the trigger because what you're thinking in your mind is, man, if I spend $40 on this product that all indications are, I'm going to sell it for 80 and probably make 15 to $18. If I pull that lever or let's use different numbers and I buy this $7 product and I think it might sell for 21, which means I'm going to put six, seven bucks in the bank after all fees and time and expenses. Am I just wasting my money? What if it doesn't sell? What if, you know, what if the, all these, let's think worst case scenario, you put some money in some inventory. The worst case scenario on Amazon, if you've done any homework at all, is you're going to have to drop your price and sell it for somewhere around break even. So your worst case scenario is you're going to get your money back. If not all of it, almost all of it. In almost every situation, that's your worst case scenario. And I can tell you of all the thousands of business models in the world, if you talk to anyone who's experienced, and you say, how hard and fast would you go after a business model where you knew that the vast majority of the decisions you were making, the worst case scenario is you're going to get your money back. They'd go pretty hard and pretty fast. So when someone asks a question like that, it tells me you probably haven't launched many businesses before <laughs> because there's no such business where you put $10 in, you get 20 out. And you can put 200 in, you get 400 out. Anytime you want, just go back to the machine. Some people think that's how business works. I'm pretty convinced our government thinks that's how business works because that's how they treat us as business owners. <laughs> like, yeah, we just make more money anytime we want. Take as much of it as you want. Yeah, I'll pay for whatever ideas you have today. Yeah, that is, I'll make more money tomorrow. Let's put more money into my money machine. No, that's not how it works. The vast majority of businesses, you're putting capital at risk and you may not get any of it back. Or you'd, you'd be happy to get half of it back because that's a big risk. But I could also double my money. I'm not sure. No, this business model... Your worst case scenario is you send some products in Amazon. We've test, we've been able to show based on the history of that ASIN that we've researched and we show you how to do this in the replens model. My worst case scenario is I'll have to drop my price down, get money back, my money back, most of it, if not all of it. That's my worst case scenario. So yes, test. When in doubt, test. I even tell my team, if you can find ASINs that are dropping 40, 50, 60 times a month, I don't care what the buy box looks like. I don't care how many other sellers are on it. I don't care about really anything. Test it with a unit or two at a price that's profitable to us. But Jim, Jim, what, what if, what if, what if my worst case scenario is it's a fast moving product. My worst case scenario is I'm going to fire it out there for a slight loss, learn a little lesson and not sell any more of it. But what if I send in those two units and they sell instantly for that nice price that I put on it? Ignoring where everyone else is priced. I could care less what other prices people are charging. I'm going to send it in at a price that I know is profitable. Go listen to podcast episode 554 at silentgym.com. If what I just said does not make sense to you, I spend about 45 minutes unpacking it. You will walk away from that episode thinking, Okay, now it makes sense when Jim says there's millions of test-worthy replans on ASIN, or ASINs on Amazon. There's millions of them worth testing right now. Common everyday household stuff. 
millions of them. Because as a new seller, quite often you get stuck in this rut of thinking, oh, I can't find anything to sell. It's selling for the same price on Amazon as it is on Walmart. I can't find any good products. Well, you're not looking through the right lens yet. You're looking for winning products instead of looking for underserved ASINs. And just because there's other sellers on an ASIN doesn't mean it's served well. You have to remember, Amazon has a bunch of warehouses all over the United States. If a product is selling quickly enough, you're going to have a unique regional advantage. Whatever warehouse you're sitting in, there's going to be, you know, just imagine a busy single mom. She's got her kid's birthday party tomorrow. She needs it delivered tonight. She doesn't care that she could save $8 getting it shipped from LA in four days from now. She needs it two hours from now, prime now. And you're the only one with one sitting in a warehouse near her. She's going to pay that extra eight bucks and you're going to be doing her a huge favor. And she's, she probably would have paid 20 extra bucks for it. But there your unit goes, flying off the shelf, whole bunch of other sellers priced below you, but yours flies off the shelf to her and it's on her porch two hours later, thanks to the technology of Jeff Bezos and Amazon. <laughs> but you're the one that supplied the product. And you're the one that makes the money while all the other sellers are beating themselves up in the lower third of the buy box. You're out there making sales that never show up on anybody's radar because you listen to podcast episode 554 and you understand the regional advantage of the fast moving products on Amazon, which means there's millions of ASINs out there worth testing. So all this to say, my friend Nicola, who says, what am I looking for to determine if I'm ready to test a product? If it's a fast mover, you don't have to look for anything else. Test it at a price that's profitable to you. That's it. You can get into some other nuanced algorithm ideas and like, well, you want to make sure that there's at least this many drops and not this many more sellers and the buy box has this history, et cetera. If you can come close to breaking even at the buy box price that showed on Keepa, the typical buy box price, and you can break even at that price and it's a fast mover, test it. Test it, test it every time. Test it without hesitation because, again, your worst case scenario is you get your money back. You just got to know your numbers. Amazon doesn't give you all the money for the sale. I bought it for eight and sold it for for 16. That means Amazon owes me $8, right? No, Amazon's going to keep a nice chunk of that. Just because you're doubling your money, that may not be enough. The rule of three usually keeps you safe. I bought it for eight. Buy that by three. If I sell it by 24, I'm making money on just about anything. That's a nice safe number. Most of the time, if it's a higher priced item, let's say it costs you $40, you can sell it for 80 and you're going to make money. You don't have to sell it for 120. You can double it and make money on the higher priced products unless it's super heavy. These are general rules. Tools like Rev Seller, you can go to provenamazoncourse.com slash Rev Seller to get a great discount on that tool. It tells you right on your Amazon seller screen or right on the amazon.com screen. You just look at any product and it tells you how much revenue you're going to make, your net margins based on your buy price. It doesn't know your buy price. You have to look at a store shelf or look online. Now, once you put the buy price in, it tells you all you need to know about, is this going to be profitable for me at the typical buy box price, which again, You don't need to sell at the typical buy box price. You can sell above, well above the buy box price quite frequently because Amazon has a bunch of warehouses to fill all over the United States. And while most sales are happening at the buy box rate, a lot of sales are happening all day, every day, not even showing up on Keepa, not showing up anywhere, far above the buy box. It's a great question. 
Nicola, get out there and test. As far as mindset goes, these are very small risks you're taking. You're not going to break anything. No one's going to get mad at you. No one's going to come and come to your front door and knock and go, you've upset Mr. Bezos. We've asked you to please uh, remove your uh, your account and we're taking your firstborn child and you're no longer, no longer allowed to do business on the internet. That's not going to happen. There's, you're not going to break anything. It's okay. Test, play, experiment. Get into the Kickstart group. If you haven't been through a Kickstart yet, it's one-time payment of $40. It's a bunch of new proven Amazon course students together with one of our top coaches. You can email our support team to get into a Kickstart boot camp. It's just called, just say Kickstart. It's all you got to remember. Silentgym.com, click on support, say, hey, I want to check out Kickstart. You have to be a proven Amazon course student because they're going to walk you through the resources we give you in that course to get you launched and rolling. That'll help you with your mindset. Great question, Nicola. Hope you uh, felt well served by my answer there. How are results and feedback on proven bot? Will there be a YouTube? Will there be a YouTuber in the group video where the new soft? Sorry, I understand part of your question, but I don't understand part of it as well. So uh, the proven bot is going fantastic. I've been talking to Joseph. He's walking some people through some steps. Basically, the idea behind proven bot is uh, it's it's provenbotsourcing.com is the website. And you can go check it out. It's on sale. We're going to be closing it down at some point in the near future. But it's basically a way you can go to any retail website, scrape the website, get a spreadsheet of all the opportunities on that website. and quickly scour through and look for potential replant opportunities. So the people who are diving in and learning it, they're loving it. It's going really, really well. Some people are struggling a little bit with some of the technical details of it, but as a system, we're very proud of where it's at, proud of how it's going. We're proud of the results that people are starting to get. It's beautiful. Joseph, the guy who presented the concept to us, is going to be presenting with us at the conference. So be sure to be there if you can. In his session, it's going to be uh, offered a couple times, I think, on the on the schedule. So talk to uh, Joseph while you're there and he, he can fill you in, but we've certainly helped a lot of people with the bot sourcing strategy so far, going to retail websites, creating their own buy lists, the proven bot. So I think I covered that pretty well. Provenbotsourcing.com is a website. Check it out. You don't think it's awesome. 30 days later, get a refund, right? And you got to buy a little software that's a one-time some of it's one-time pay, some of it's subscription. You can turn it off if you're not using it. Definitely worth playing with, though. We have plenty of people who are saying, man, I'm finding more replens than I can possibly get to with the bot. But that's just one of multiple ways to find great replens, too, guys. So we're not saying it's the you know, one-stop solution for everyone's business. There's retail strategies. There's there's countless. We've identified about 30 different replen strategies at this point, but we are excited about being able to scrape any retail website and come up with a list of test-worthy ASINs relatively quickly. Well, this is a good question. I'll hit this one. And then Richard, if you're still around, man, just let me answer one more question. I'm going to get to your question. All right. You got your hand raised. How do you monitor potential IP concerns? That is a question that you'll hear people ask before they understand the reality of the business. And then once they're in it, they kind of stop worrying about it. The people who are doing this at scale, you, there are a bunch of people doing the replens model at scale, talking multiple seven figures in some cases. Yeah, they get IP issues and they manage them. There's a handful of different kinds you can get and they just move on with them. 
to cut right to the bottom line, we've helped thousands of people build businesses on Amazon. And I'm aware to this date of fewer than five who have had their accounts permanently suspended over any issue and not able to get their account back. Of those five, a handful just decided they were done anyway. So they probably could have got their account back. The couple that I'm aware of that are left on that list were doing things that they know they shouldn't have been doing and they were really stupid about it. And it wasn't, oops, Amazon told me I could sell this, but turns out I'm not allowed to. IP complaint stuff, right? And of the thousands of sellers, I've heard of one incident, and this has actually happened a few days ago, and it's extremely rare. The lawyer we work with in our community is like, I've never seen that before, but they were selling against the listing. They ended up having a lawsuit against that listing, and it was a third-party seller listing, and they ended up having to pay a few thousand dollars to get themselves out of that. That's one out of literally millions and millions and millions of listings that people in our community have sold against where we've heard of a case like that. So are there risks in businesses of any kind? Absolutely. Are there risks in replant selling and Amazon selling? Absolutely. Is this a perfect business model where you're never going to have a sleepless night and you're never going to have any legal concerns and you're never going to have a rough day because things didn't turn out? No, that business doesn't exist. And if you're looking for that business, keep looking. It's not here, but you're not going to find it. Okay, so IP concerns. What is that? Well, that's when a brand gets grumpy and says, well, we don't want you selling on this listing anymore. And 95% of the time, Amazon has your back and says, yeah, actually, by law, they can sell against it unless you want to get brand registered and sell your own brand or push back in some way. And those things happen, in which case, typically what you do is you move on. So you either appease the brand and keep selling or you move on. And I'm not going to dive into the weeds on all things IP alert, IP concerns, but if you look at a Keepa graph, this is my number one way to avoid IP issues. If you look at a Keepa graph and you look at how many other sellers are selling on any given ASIN historically, like look at the past nine months or so, does it keep dropping down to just one seller? And is that seller named after the product that you're trying to sell? You know, is it a uh, grannysmittens.com selling granny's mittens and you're trying to jump in and sell granny's mittens next to grannysmittens.com like they're not going to want you there dude they keep kicking everybody else off getting grumpy with amazon going in complaining everyone gets ip alerts everyone has to recall their inventory just stay away from those listings if it keeps going from five seven eight list uh, sellers down to one seller and then creeps back up and then down we call that the skateboard ramp of death if you're riding along and there's these cliffs where it drops down to just one seller that's the best way to avoid IP complaints. That will prevent 95% of the IP complaints you will ever see. But know full well that even when you do get those IP complaints, they're easily navigated, easily managed. This is why we have guys like Jeff Schick in our community. As long as you're not violating uh, laws, selling stolen goods is actually a big deal right now. Some people think they're getting great deals. And you know, I don't know if you've heard about there's entire operations now set up like mainly in Southern California, where they'll send in underaged kids. Like they love the 16, 17 year olds. They're not old enough to be charged as, as an adult. So they'll send them in knowing full well that there's like a $900 per day shoplifting limit before you can even be charged as an adult. So they'll send them in and just clean the shelves, grab stuff, you know, stuff their pockets and scram, take it to the warehouse down the street, list it on pallets, sell it to unsuspecting resellers like us. And then we're listing stolen goods on Amazon suddenly because <laughs> the stuff's got tags in it or whatever, right? So 
any Southern California-based wholesaler distributor, you know, that hasn't been around for more than say five years, be very cautious. And again, that's why we keep Jeff Schick on our team is to help us say, hey, you know, I'm thinking about ordering some products from these guys. You know, what do you think of these guys? And you shouldn't be ordering anything off pallets anyway, as a new Amazon seller. The word pallet and new Amazon seller are incompatible concepts. Never, never, no. Uh-uh, stay away. But Jim, it's a pallet of my own private label product. It's going to sit in your garage for nine months and you're going to regret the decision. But Jim, it's a pallet of stuff I got really cheap from this guy's, you know, Joe's bargain basement and it's all new, pristine. And they told me it was all safe because it's Amazon returns. Nope, you're going to destroy your account. If it's coming in on pallet and you're new, you're making a mistake. And that's just a good old golden rule and you can take it to the bank. Don't do pallets if you're new. If you want to sell them on yard sales, that's fine. Sell them on eBay, maybe. Yeah, but Amazon, never. So avoid IB complaints by not doing anything stupid and by following the replan strategy as we teach it. You will avoid IP complaints 100%, intellectual property complaints, and all kinds of other health issues by following the process that we teach. We've helped thousands of people navigate that territory pain-free. The first time you get an IP complaint, you're going to panic and probably stay up later than you should and wake up the next day all nervous. Happens to everybody. It's no big deal. You get Jeff Schick involved if it becomes a bad thing. And that's that's a few dollars a month. I think it's like two or three dollars a day to have Jeff Schick on retainer. He can help you out with just about anything. JeffSchick.com, just like the razor. He's going to be at our conference as well. Very up to up to speed on all things, Amazon policy, legal, that sort of thing. Really good at what he does. And there's no reason to be complained, to be concerned about IP stuff. Yeah, I was just wanting to see if you could walk me through buying from Amazon themselves. I found a couple of things that I wanted to purchase through Amazon to sell on Amazon. Yeah. But I've heard you say a couple of times, you know, don't use a prime account. Right. Don't use your seller account. So kind of walk me through exactly what I need to do. Does it need to be a non-prime account in the business name, my personal name, my wife's name, nobody associated with the household? I got what you. do I need to do? No, you're being overly cautious. And Amazon has us all scared in a corner, kind of like the IRS does with us sometimes. Right? It's like, oh, I don't want to do anything wrong. No, you can buy stuff on Amazon and sell it back on Amazon all day, every day. Only thing you can't do is use your Prime account to do that. Okay. So you said, can I buy with my seller account? Your seller account's not capable of buying things on Amazon. So you've got to use someone's buying account, a consumer account. It can be your consumer account, the same email address that you use when you set up your selling account. Just get in there, place orders. Just don't use the Prime discount. You can turn the Prime discount off anytime you want to if you're a Prime user. You don't want to use your Prime discount. They don't like that. If they track that down, they will be disappointed and upset and probably give you a little wrist slap. But you can flip. People do flips all the time. They'll buy you know, 12 packs and sell them as two packs or or vice versa. You know, they create their bundles that way. They're missing a piece of their bundle. Let's order from another seller and complete their bundle happens all the time. Amazon has no problem with it because Amazon's getting paid coming and going. They love transactions, but they don't want people manipulating the system, taking advantage of like, you know, prime discount, whatever. So you're going to, you're going to go in there and buy 30 units at, you know, extreme discount sale or something that they have going on. Now, as long as you don't use prime, you're good. That's the bottom line. Flip, flip away. Okay. Amazon to eBay, eBay to Amazon. Well, not so much eBay to Amazon. That makes me nervous. Amazon to eBay all day, every day. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Thank you. I appreciate your answer. Absolutely, Richard. Good question, man. What do you mean by 
more than one month deep on a replan? That's a great question. So when I say more than one month deep, it's because the general rule with replans is never go more than one month deep on any given replan. What's that mean? That means if I expect to sell 10 of this particular ASIN in the next 30 days, I'm not going to go buy 50 units. I'm going to go buy 10 units. I'm not going to go buy a pallet because a pallet of, let's say, 100 units represents 10 months of anticipated sales. But Jim, I got this great wholesale deal. If I just buy 1,000 units, I can get it for $3 cheaper a unit. I'm going to make more money. No, with replens, you got to keep in mind that there is no guarantee that the stuff that's selling fast for you today is going to be selling fast for you a month from now. The replens game is won by people who get in at a very shallow level, get in just a few units and make their money and they replace their inventory. They replenish their inventory as it sells, never going more than 30 days deep, but they have a wide catalog of ASINs or listings that they sell against. We call it the inch deep mile wide. That's what it would look like. If you stacked up all their products that they're selling, you'd have three of this one and you had four of that one and you have six of this one and nine of that one. And this one's selling really fast. I got 50 a month. All right, we got 50 of this one, but you set them side by side and you get this mile wide long selection of random products, but you're only about an inch deep on each of them. Very shallow. You're not going a mile deep on any one of them. That's more advanced strategy. That's more risk. We don't like you to see risk. We want you your worst case scenario to be a break-even or lost a little bit. So that's the way you mitigate your risk is to never overcommit to any ASIN. So when I say less than 30 days deep, what I mean is the number of units I expect to sell in the next 30 days. That's all I got. Just because someone offers me a discount to buy an extra, you know, say six months worth. Nope. I need one month's worth. That's it. I'm good paying a little bit more money because if I can't make more money at this low risk, I'm going to move on and find other ASINs where I can make small commitment, low risk bets on the Amazon machine. Hopefully that helps you out. In the- we'll get back to the show in just a second, but I've got to tell you about a new sponsor to this program, Ecom Balance. They help e-commerce sellers and Amazon sellers with their bookkeeping. Your accountant is not your bookkeeper, by the way. You've got to be keeping great books. That's how you know if you're profitable or not. If you're struggling to know your numbers, you don't want to be operating on gut instinct. Our friends at Ecom Balance are there to help you out. You can go to Ecom Balance and mention that you heard about them from this program, and they'll give you two free months of bookkeeping so you can try them out. A link that takes you straight to the offer is, write this down, it will also be in the show notes, by the way, jimc.biz slash keeper. Again, jimc.biz slash keeper, as in bookkeeper. Go check them out. Check out their two months free offer. Tell them we sent you. Let's get back to the show. Good to see you again, man. Nice to see you. Um, I'm not going to go through everything, man. I've got a bunch of notes here, but one thing I have to say, I don't know what episode it was. I just watched before this came on. Uh, Susan Gilbert is phenomenal. Oh, uh, what a sweetheart. Yeah. She was oh, with, uh, Brian and Robin, right? Oh, she, yeah, I, you know, I didn't get all the way through it. Cause then, you know, it's five o'clock, um, our time anyway. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to finish that. She's fantastic as a coach. And yeah, 
I loved her, uh, you know, micro goals to macro vision kind of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, play on words there. And, and that's what I really love to see. And that's what I'm practicing myself as a new person. You guys, anyone who's listening, I've been doing this three months now. And, and I'm really trying to follow just the patience and persistence model, right? Yeah. You know, especially when you're not seeing anything really happen for four weeks, six weeks sometimes. That's how it starts. Uh, but man, I tell you what, I'm sending in boxes and boxes and boxes um, as much as possible and feeding the beast. You know, I'm going with it. I love it. Okay. It's really addicting and it's fun. And I'm seeing a little bit of progress with what I'm able to work with. All right. Um, I really wish more new people would just slow down, take a breath, forget the pallets and all that, follow the model and, and just be patient. I think it's yeah, gonna- welcome to my world, man. You know, cause it, you know, if, if we break this down into ratios, you for every hundred people who come in like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Well, about half of them just change their mind and like they're shiny objects and they're gone. Like they just yeah. vanish and give up. Cool. Like they're going to go buy another course and this is course number 18 on their path to buying 50 courses this year it's like you're not gonna make any money doing that but of the other people that stick with it you know it's it's only about 25 percent of the people like you know what like you just said brian you're gonna make it i mean you're a very safe bet at this point you're doing it you're doing what we're telling you we're telling you're listening to us we say be patient it takes a while for this stuff to check in if you're if you're watching your numbers on the keep a chart you're buying the stuff that we're telling you to buy man you're gonna have a worst case scenario learn a few very valuable lessons and break even. That's your worst case scenario. Oh man, I got a uh, <laughs> ice cream truck. I got an ice cream truck going by my house, man. <laughs> I see what I'm giving up for you guys. It's no joke, man. I don't know if you can hear it or not. Sure I, haven't seen one of those. I, haven't, I haven't seen one of those since COVID started in our neighborhood. That's kind of cool, actually. I'm sure it's an ice cream truck. Anyway, I'm not going to go through all my stuff because I'm sure other people, I see somebody else. I do want to touch on, out of all the notes I have, I want to touch on this real fast. The buy box thing, like when you're creating a new inventory and you know putting it in there and yeah, off, I have typically for three months um, gone about where the buy box is on the higher echelon, if you will, but but the yeah. higher buy box, right? Sure. Now, what I'm thinking now, uh, listening to you again in episode five fifty four, yeah, um, for the fast movers, is it worth it to go up? you know, a, a tad bit above the, the buy box on the fast movers. Is that a really good thing to do? I mean, I'm, I'm having a hard time understanding that part. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, pricing can be a bit of a challenge for, for new replant sellers to grasp, but I'm just as happy making $5 as I am making $8 if it's something that's happening over and over again. Me too. Right? If it's predictable and steady and stable, it's a profitable ASIN. You know, I, I'm going to, I'm probably going to hook up a repricer at some point that's going to play in those higher ends. And, you know, some days I sell it for $8 net profit. Some days it's only $5 net profit, but I've kind of set it in. So either way, I'm happy. If it's a, if it's in the test stage, I'm equally happy to make five bucks or $8 or $12 on that first time as I am to make a few dollars more than that. Okay. I agree. Right? So don't try to max out your tests. Just try to identify, is this a pond worth fishing in with your tests? Right. So let's I don't just, care how big that first fish is that I catch. Yeah. I just care that I caught a fish. Okay. I got a net profit here. This that's is cool. one to keep an eye on. That's cool. Um, but so let's say like I have like, a, you know, hypothetically 50 ASINs right now. Tests. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are selling really well, like crazy. 
Like every time I look at it, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe someone paid this much. But it's like, do like, how do you pick and choose? Like, okay, you know, do I play with this one a little bit and make it above the buy box? So uh, just a tad, just to see what happens and then bring it back down without having the repricer right now. Yeah. Well, once you get a hundred ASINs, you'll probably snag a repricer. So between now and then, just have fun and play, you know, with some of your faster movers and tweak them around. It's, it's, everyone would rather make 20 bucks rather than 15. If, hey, if you can play around with it and it happens, but see that this is where there's no science here. This is where it starts to become a bit of an art, right? As long as it's profitable and net profit, everything considered net profitable, it's a winner. Right. So are you, is there, let's put it this way. I would say if you've got the 50 smartest replin sellers in our community in a room and said, what percentage of the money you could have made, do you think you've made based on pricing mistakes? Like how much money have you lost simply because you didn't price optimally? If they're honest, it's going to be, you know, 40% of their business if they had priced optimally, but there's no way to know when you're doing it right. There's no way to know when you priced one dollar too high to to get that sale. Or yeah, when you were five dollars lower than you could have been, and you still would have got the sale. You don't know what's in the mentality of that you know that desperate mom who has a party tomorrow. She would have paid fifteen more dollars than she just paid. Is that lost revenue? Maybe, but you still made the sale and was still profitable. So that you, it's impossible to know. This is where economics becomes. Um, you know, most universities used to teach economics in their spiritual department in there in there it was a spiritual study because it's human nature it's it, you know what's the right price to charge for you know there's a you know you think well it's just supply and demand well no there's a lot of emotion that goes into it too so how can you know when you're maxing out your profits you'll never know okay <clears throat> fair enough yeah I'm don't really beat not. yourself up too much oh i'm not i'm actually not like i'm really really Have really fun. find more profitable license yes I think you were going to answer my question. My question was just about the tax, um, how to work tax exemption um, for like oh, retail. How to best you manage want- your tax exemptions as, as a small business, just as some general small business advice. Yeah, I'm happy to hit that. Um, you want to track every expense, just like any other business. Every penny you spend on your business is a tax exemption. So you want to keep all your business and personal separated, two different bank accounts, two different debit cards. If you're out buying supplies for your business, you use your business account. If your business account's low on funds, you put some personal money in there and you track that transaction. It's like, hey, this was a personal fund transaction to help fund my business startup. Maybe you put a couple thousand dollars into a business account, start it up, right? That, that's a deductible expense as you spend through that money. A good local accountant will be able to help you out. You don't have to become a professional accountant or book, bookkeeper. One of the best investments you can make in your business is to work with someone local, especially when you're starting up to help you make sure you take advantage of all your deductions. You know, sometimes depending on your house layout and things, you can deduct the room you work in, any equipment that you buy. Don't go nuts and go buy a bunch of new stuff. You don't need it. But anything you do spend money on is going to be a deductible expense if it has to do with helping your business get started. So the software you buy, the events you attend, um, any of the tools, that's all deductible, which means you're not paying taxes on that money. It's like getting a, you know, depending on your tax bracket, it's like a 25 to 35% discount on whatever you, you're paying less than you would have because you don't pay taxes on that money. All right. So hopefully that helps you out. I don't like to dive real deep in that arena because I think the best advice I can give you is 
a good local small business accountant will more than pay for themselves, especially if they've been doing it. You want someone that's been doing it for a while, 20, 30 years, that when everybody knows, you know, typically a guy who's, you know, this close to retirement, but he's hanging in there, you know, that's who we use. He's going to know everybody, have connections. You need something with your insurance. You get a weird thing from the IRS. You know, you can stop by his office. That's a really good connection to have. And most communities have someone like that. Yeah. So luckily I do, I do have a pretty good accountant that I, awesome. you know, manages my wife and my, um, you know, expenses and stuff. Um, yeah. So I, I had read in the Facebook group, someone mentioned like getting a tax exempt um, certificate or something. I guess we don't really need oh, okay. to do that. Do we? Or need to? No. If you're going to do and that, I apologize if I answered the wrong question there, buddy. But I think no, I no, that was all. That was way. useful. That was useful okay. information. But Thank you. Tax exempt certificate. Most retailers, you can go to Walmart and get one. If you have a business, you know, once you've got your retail, you know, you register with the state and you've got a legitimate uh, business set up. You got your business, uh, your EIN number. You know, you you can go to a Walmart and then anything you're buying to resell. Yes, you have a tax exempt certificate on file and you don't pay taxes on it. And that's 100% legal. A lot of times people will shop online and have their stuff delivered to tax-free states where we have prep centers and there's no taxes added on to those transactions because it's going straight to Amazon and being resold. You can also recoup the money that you spend on taxes, sales taxes paid on items that are resold in most states. It's easy, easily done in most states. Some states, it's kind of a pain in the butt. But that is an extra, you know, if we got on the topic of what are the 50 ways to shave between 1% and 15% off of everything I buy? Paying attention to your sales taxes is one of them. Using discounted gift cards is another, right? Using a credit card with cashback points, that's another. Like there's all kinds of fun ways to start shaving down. And as as much as I like to talk about that topic, I'm far more interested in finding profitable inventory that I know is profitable, even if I don't shave two or six or 7% off of it. When you're new, you can get caught in the minutia of, oh, I need my tax exempt certificate. Oh, I need, no, find winning replens. Then start plugging some of those little holes in the bottom of the bathtub later. We all start with some little holes in the bottom of the bathtub. Go fill that tub with some fire hoses of opportunity we can plug those little holes over time. That's more my personality because, and I, because I see some people like, no, until I've got every tiny little pinhole plugged in the bottom of the bathtub. And I know that I'm doing absolutely everything I can to minimize my expenses in every possible way. I'm not going to start this business. Like I call that getting ready to get ready to get ready to, to do business. And you can, you'll be stuck there forever. It's the hurry up and wait. Uh, hurry up and wait. No, I, you know, I'm not a big, as big a fan of that. I mean, close, I see what you're doing there, but it's more of, it's more like get your momentum, dude. And we can patch, you know, profits cover up a whole lot of mistakes. Most people will never start and run and enjoy the benefits of a profitable business. And this is your chance to do it. And you can go back and patch up those little cracks and fill out the forms and, you know, get your discount card and get your retail certificate. And, you know, you can do those things later. Go find some winning inventory. Get that adrenaline rush of turning $10 into $40, knowing that you just kept 18 of it in your pocket. And then use that $18 to say, okay, I can invest in some tools, right? Put some commas and zeros on those numbers. You know, the first month is all about finding some winning 
in replant inventory and making this happen. The only thing you need to do is to keep your business and personal separate as early as possible. Some people ignore that and commingle the first year or two. It's a total headache. Their accountant, your accountant will love you and hate you because <laughs> it's going to take them hours to do your taxes and to do your bookkeeping. Keep them separate. If you're keeping them separate, there's nothing else you need. Get going, man. I mean, depending on the country you live in, they may have you know a bunch of red tape laws about being an entrepreneur, which are stupid, but you got to do what you got to do. Well, I live in California, so it's, Next it's best pretty thing easy to get. Four and third world nation that we got right now, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. But I, but I think I have found probably about six to ten items that I've already bought, and I'm, I'm going to be packing them over the next couple of days. So I have done what you advised me to do already. <laughs> so yeah. excellent, uh, Jim. When I hear you say "don't scan barcodes," that I should only be taking pictures while I'm in stores. Uh, I guess you're saying, you know, what does that, what do I mean by that? Could I go deeper on that? That's what I'm going to, that's how I'm going to read that question. Yeah. If you're scanning barcodes, you're getting back one result. You know, I've got this bottle of water here that I'm sipping on. And if I scan that barcode while I'm sitting in the store, it's going to come back and say, yeah, this bottle of water costs the exact same price on Amazon as it does at Walmart or Kroger or Target or whatever store I'm looking at. And you're like, oh, I guess this is a bad product. And I start put it back down and I go look for another product. That's the the Easter egg hunt, the treasure hunt model. That is not replens. That's the opposite universe of replens. That's saying, I'm looking for a good product. No, replens is not about looking for a good product. It's about looking for underserved ASINs. So what I would rather see you do is take a picture of a section of a store shelf while I'm there, go home, make sure I can see the barcodes and the prices and the brands on all the products on the shelf. And then start searching for those brands on Amazon, looking for underserved ASINs on Amazon that I might be able to sell against based on the inventory I saw at that shelf. Maybe I only saw the 16-ounce version at the store, but there's a 32-ounce version that seems to be really hot on Amazon. And that picture led me down that rabbit hole, and now I'm looking for that 32-ounce version. And oh, look, the store I was at doesn't have it, but this store over here across town, they do have it. So that becomes a replant I'm going to test because it looks like by all indicators that that's a good test-worthy ASIN. So when I say take a store picture shelf, it's not so I can go home and decide if those exact products are the ones that I'm going to sell as replants. It's those brands. Are they, are they listed on any winning ASINs? I, here's where I like to use my bags of marshmallow example. If you went to Walmart and scanned that bag of marshmallows and it said it sells for $2, and you look on Amazon and it sells for $2 there, you're thinking, there is no money here. This is a waste of my time. What am I doing? And you could do that up and down a whole aisle at Walmart and go like, waste of time, waste of time, waste of time, waste of time. But if you understand the replens model, that same bag of marshmallows, you'd realize, I don't want to scan the barcode and find out what it sells for as a single bag. I want to see how many ASINs, how many listings on Amazon contain this bag of marshmallows or other similar sized varieties of this brand or other similar brands? That's two hours of research that's going to uncover a bunch of potential winning replants. For example, there's a three pack of the 32 ounce version of these marshmallows, like the big old pack with the big ones, you know, little ones, not so much, but there's a three pack. Oh, I'm going to jump on that because the numbers look great. Right? So I'm not just scanning barcodes, checking one product at a time. That's infuriating, frustrating. It's like riding a hamster wheel to nowhere. No wonder people think the replens model is boring and tedious 
because you don't know how to do the research the right way. Once you understand that you're looking for underserved ASINs, once you understand that bag of marshmallows appears on 50 different listings, and you can check through, and three or four of them are definitely worth testing. But the one selling on the shelf by itself is the same price as the one selling on Amazon? Well, that's boring. So you might be tempted to move away from that bag of marshmallows. And that's a bad decision because it's on some ASINs that are very profitable that you could and should be selling against. I just want to hang out with you, man. It's been, what, we've been hanging out for about the last two decades, helping people figure out how to, like, generate income on the internet creatively. And, and, you know, what's neat is Amazon really is kind of taking center stage, but there's so many other neat ways to use the internet creatively. just the start, man, right? It, it is, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, we're, we're starting to expand to Walmart and all these other, I call them the spokes in the marketing wheel. You know, Amazon is just one spoke in the marketing wheel. And you take this read that like, let's really quickly talk about the evolution of where it's been. So, you know, we started out with replens years back. We started teaching this strategy of finding things that you can go back to the well and sell over and over and over and over. Right. But how do I take it to the next level, right? Because there's always there's always this thing in your mind of, oh, well, this other competition is going to come in and and push me out. Think about it this way. And I just had a conversation in the My Silent Team group about this abundance mindset of the difference between candlelight and cake. There's only so much cake, right, Jim? You taught us this. But when we all put our candlelight together, it expands it. So here's how we kind of evolve. So when so when someone starts jumping in on this replan and it goes from five to 10 to 15 to 20 sellers, well, I'm going to build it into my own branded bundle. I'm going to take that item, pair it up with my own unique relevant item. And now I create a new listing. I still stay on that listing. I don't exit the listing. I stay there and I, I won't sell as much and sales will still trickle out on all the, you know, on that listing, but I'll build a new listing that will sit right alongside it, probably page one, rank two or three, or, you know, in that page, first page, right. And I'll start growing my own listing that it's very difficult to hop on that listing. If you don't have the other unique relevant item that I've added to it. So I can kind of take ownership of the listing. And then from there I can, you know, uh, you can brand register it. So there's two ways to do this. And we're going to be talking about this. We're coming up at the conference the course on this, me and uh, Leanna Crocco on mm-hmm. On branded bundles, the non-registered brand way, and then using brand registry. So you can get a trademark and do brand registry and and lock those listings down and get very creative with them and make them convert even more. So when I take it to that level, well, why not get out there on Facebook, on Instagram, and use YouTube and use all these other spokes in the marketing wheel to bring traffic. And this is what Amazon loves, to bring traffic in to these listings from outside Amazon. Yeah. They'll rank you better. Yeah. Didn't you get all the organic traffic you never would have seen otherwise? Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then what's cool is they have a program. If you are brand registered on Amazon that they give you, um, uh, back money that they took out of fees. If they can track that the sale came from outside of Amazon, you can get up to 10% off your sell 10, you know, 10% of the selling fees back. So because you helped drive the traffic. But, but that's, that's the key. incredible. Well, hey, Nate, before, before you popped in, I'd made a promise to uh, Ralph, who's been very patient, that I was going to get to his oh. question next. So, but for those of you who don't know, we're going to bring Ralph on in just a minute. Nate's my right hand man. Like you, like you said, 20 years, I, I fired 
three coaching directors before I found someone that got it, who has a heart and a passion for people. He loves people and he wants to serve them. Yeah. See that fist bump, Brian. So, uh, I mean, he, he's got the heart for this gig. He, he can't turn off his servant heart. He, I mean, you just heard him for a couple minutes. He could do that for eight hours and you guys would just be scribbling notes. We've seen it all done it all. And, uh, we've helped a lot of people, brother. Couple of things. So uh, I'm excited to be on the call today. I have uh, recently uh, left my day job, uh, not because of Amazon, just life changed a little bit. And I voluntarily said, you know what, we're going to make a little change here and just take care of ourselves and figure out the rest. And by way of, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong camera. I'm looking at you guys. Uh, By way of that, I've decided that I'm going to really invest in my Amazon business. And I promise this is not negative. I'm just going back in history a little bit. Uh, Jim, you and I spoke, I think it was about 14, 15 months ago. And uh, somebody from the coaching department was supposed to call. They didn't. And then I got mad. I just said, you know what? This is silly. I'm just going to keep listening to the podcast. I'll do it myself. And uh, I went four inches wide and about 25 miles deep. And it was great. Oops. It was great. And it was great. And it was great. No, no, it was good. Okay. Until it wasn't. Both, until exactly. I got that Vero from, you know, one of the four vendors that I sell from. Yeah. And, you know, I wasn't doing 25 grand a month every month, but I had five or six months where I strung together 25, uh, 25,000 a month. Good for you. And 16 of that went away with that Vera. So mm-hmm. learned some tough lessons there. Then life got in the way a little bit, had to take care of family stuff and, you know, find myself here today. So I want to know for a person like myself, who's about two and a half years in, mm-hmm. uh, I don't, I don't think I know everything. I don't even think I know 10% of Amazon. I just know how to do the things I know how to do yeah. pretty well. But where do you think the most value would be in the coaching program? Because I'm already wanting to do it, but I'm not really sure where I'm going to see the most value. And I want to understand where that is. And maybe I should kind of look on my own as well. My goal for you would be stability. And I'd love to hear Nate take a shot at this, man. He runs the coaching team and he, you know, he takes questions like this all day, every day. It's always a thrill for me to get them because I don't get them very often. I'm usually the guy coaching the coaches, right? Coaching the coaching team leaders is kind of what I do. Uh, But I'm looking at a guy like you. I want some stability. You just got the rug yanked out from underneath you. I mean, you were Lucy kicking the football and the football just got, you know, you're Charlie Brown kicking the football and Lucy yanked it, right? It's like, you thought you were onto something and nope. And you got just enough of a taste of success to know that you're onto something, that this works. I would say you need to go into the replens model and just get some stability. Because if the replens model is anything, it's boring stability. It's slow scaling. It's a nice cushion that you can fall back on as you start to dive back into some of these inch wide, mile deep. You know how to find those now, but you also know those can go away fast. So you, you know, you need this. I would coach you if, you know, if I was going to spend 10 sessions with you, it'd be like, let's get some stability. Let's get you back to that 25, 30, $50,000 a month. But with a nice diversified portfolio of ASINs, not a handful that could go away overnight because any of them can and then add on to what nate was just saying start to get in some of those branded bundles because you've done enough numbers now where you can start to get into the proven brand building module inside the proven amazon course and do something special but let me say this before i turn it to nate and then i'll shut up i'm so sorry that we didn't call you back man it's not because we didn't care something happened it was a lost email (laughs) or something because Man, I know the people on this team and they're good. They've been with us for years and we care deeply about what we're doing right here. So I'm so sorry that we disappointed you like that, but I'm sure we'll be able to make it up for you somehow because uh, everyone on this team is a heart of gold 
And we, we meet our obligations. We say we're going to do something. We do it. So something happened. Something was broke. I apologize on behalf of the guy running the systems here. Uh, but we can make it up for you, man. No worries. We're all human. We're all doing our best. And, you know, accidents happen. But I had a question about that stability. Uh, and this is for any of the people on the panel here. Uh, you know, I'll always say I may not be the smartest guy. I'm doing okay there. But I'm not the smartest guy, but I'm going to outwork 95% of people. Mm-hmm. So that's why I got into those four brands that I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, it was from my personal life. So I'll just tell you, it was fashion. It was footwear. I knew them very well. I didn't sell the hype stuff. I sold the ugly, boring stuff. Yeah, I figured the returns the would be less. Mm-hmm. And there was a ton of money and a lot of returns there too. So that became frustrating. They're and the hard. reason I never expanded is I'll find a good product and I don't know where to get it. Up. I'll find something I think is profitable and I'll look it up on keep it. It looks profitable, but I don't know how to get ungated. So I, I know how to get ungated in a few things, mm-hmm. but I think that learning those other categories and being able to examine keep properly is really something that like a person will put their nose down and get into the work for a long time would benefit from. But I'm kind of a dummy when it comes to keep. I know how to read a basic chart in three lines. That's it. Mm-hmm. I don't know trending or any of that. Well, I want to, to take this question too, and then we'll see what's on Nate's mind because I know he's got a list mile long at this point, man. But when it comes to ungating, that's a non-issue far sooner than you think it will be. Don't be intimidated by it. Only new sellers who haven't done replans for more than a few months are freaked out by that. It, it goes away very quickly. As far as understanding how to read a keep a chart, what I've been saying lately is if you got the 50 smartest Keepa experts in our community and sat them down and said, okay, be honest with me, how much of Keepa and the data that it presents you, do you feel like you really grasp? You really have taken advantage of, you've really dialed in and you, what percentage do you know what Keepa is capable of telling you? If anyone says more than 50%, they're lying. Because there's so much there. There is so much information being scraped and there's so many creative ways to use it. So if you feel like you're at 10%, hey, you're way ahead of the curve of most of us. But the simple low-hanging fruit of the, like I said earlier, I don't know if you're here for this or not, Ralph, but if my team comes to me and says, hey, Jim, we found an ASIN that's dropping 50 times a month on Keepa. Should we test it? Yes. Done. That's all I need to know. But Jim, you didn't even ask about the buy box. I don't care. Jim, you didn't even ask about how many other sellers there are. I don't care. You didn't even ask what category it's in. I don't care. You didn't even ask about what the sales history is. I don't care. Or even if it's dropping 50 times a month, it's a fast mover, meaning all I got to do is drop my price and I can get my money back. Maybe I lose a couple bucks. That's okay. I'm going to test it at a high enough price that I'm thrilled to sell it. And if it sells, awesome. We got a new replay. If it doesn't, drop my price. We move on with our life, the same amount of money in my pocket as I had before. Don't overcomplicate it. The most fabulous thing Keepa tells you is the number of drops per month. If it's smoking off the shelf, test it. Because Amazon has a bunch of warehouses spread out all over the country. Go listen to podcast episode 554. If you haven't heard it yet, it will literally change the way you see Amazon and the replens opportunity. You'll, you'll smack yourself in the forehead like, why didn't I think of that? It makes total sense. Amazon isn't one store in the middle of the United States. It is a bunch, hundreds of warehouses all over the country. So you're one unit sitting right next door to where someone needs it right now, and they don't care that you're third highest price in the buy box with 50 sellers cheaper than you. They don't care. They need it two hours from now. Guess who gets the order? You do. You need to understand that. And then you'll see replens everywhere. Ungated replens everywhere, even as a new seller. And the gates will fall open as you get. Okay, Nate, 
No, man. What I miss, man. You're right. This this inventory placement, I mean, not using the inventory placement, but the way that Amazon does fulfillment center transfers, if you're the closest to the customer, you're going to win the buy box. Price isn't always the determining factor. But one of the questions you asked about coaching is what where are the areas that we see impact? I've been in the coaching business for almost 30 years of my life now. You're old, dude. Yeah, well, I don't, you know, it's weird. I tell people I'm turning 50 this year and they're like, what? You look like a little kid, man. I feel You're like good looking 50, brother. I'm going to, I'm going to be in the best shape of my life this year, but you know what it is through, through that, that whole statement, I'm going to get into the best shape of my life, but I cannot do it alone. Um, I have a trainer. Um, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to get some guns, right? Instead of having these girly arms, I'm going to start doing it. But guess what? If I don't show up at 7 a.m., my trainer, right, he's going to call me and go, where are you at, Nate? Do I need to come and snatch you up, bud? Right? Um, you, you, I'll tell you this. You're the sum of the top five people that you surround yourself with. Yeah, one of those That's people, a lot of the value of our coaching. Absolutely. The relationship. One of the, the, the value and one of the more valuable things in that, right, is going to be having a mentor or coach. If you want to be a professional athlete, right? You got to have a coach. How many professional athletes do you know of that don't have a coach, right? And yeah. and not only that, all there's there's a couple other elements going on. All of the things that you wouldn't have thought of that we've seen 50 to 100 times more that you didn't realize that could be done um in any given situation see what we do is we discover creative solutions we see the problems we that everybody faces right with this business we see new problems that emerge and we have to come up with solutions having somebody that's not just a coach but somebody that's literally on your team with you that is saying oh i've got the creative solution to that and so that you don't hit that stumbling block and everything just stops in the business right you can build a bridge and get over it everything there's always a creative solution and then not only that i think this is probably the most important thing that the coaching brings to the table right is if you are not confident about what you're doing if you're a new seller or if you're a, a seller that that you've been around for a long time, you're going to go through peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. And this can be a very lonely business when it's just you running it, right? And sometimes you can't see outside of your periphery and you need someone to see those things that you're not seeing that to help give you the confidence that you need to, to, to have the growth, right? If I'm not confident in what I'm doing, I'm just not going to do it. But if I have somebody making me confident about what I'm doing, mm -hmm. I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it properly. And that's the one thing is doing it's not enough. You got to do it right. Yeah. Having knowing if you're answering, that, asking the right questions is something a lot yeah. like, I feel like I don't even know if I'm asking the right questions right now. It just, it stalls you out. The way I've been summing it up lately, I've, you know, I've talked about it with quite a bit with Brian and Robin Olson, two of our great coaching leaders. And I like the way they put it. And I've been borrowing it is, if you want to move forward faster, get into coaching. If you're okay taking your time over the next six to nine months and kind of piecing this thing together and making little mistakes, it's not going to cost you much. It's going to cost you time. But when you're ready to move forward faster, get a coach. Like you, you're ready to get serious. You've, and I, I've been saying this too, Nate. I don't think you've heard me say this because we haven't talked in a minute. Um, I say, you've, do you have the margin? 
do you have the margin mentally, emotionally, financially, relationally margin? What do you mean by that? Is your, does your spouse think you're crazy and they're done with you spending money on new business ideas? Well, you need to win them over. Let's put some money in the bank. Let's prove to them that this is viable. Let's not jump in there and, and, and get a coach and go all in. Do you have the margin in your life to do a coach right now? If so, okay, now we're ready to move forward faster. My health is in good shape. I, you know, I have time to put into my business. I got the finances for it. It's not going to strain my family budget. My wife doesn't think I'm crazy. You know, she may think you're crazy for other reasons, but she's signed off on it. You know, we're positioned for this. We can, we can go for it. We've got the evidence. We got the proof. You know, your spouse has listened to a few podcast episodes and that's a lot of value bringing your spouse to the events, by the way, because a lot of entrepreneurs are married to someone who's not an entrepreneur. If they come and see and just feel the vibe of these families, this is their reality. Hundreds of people that do this for a living at a high scale level, and they're welcoming and warm and loving on us. That's a great environment to get your spouse into, to where they're along for the ride now too. So that's what I mean, relational margin. You've got got some room where this coaching fits in. I'm going to do this the right way. Uh, yeah, great stuff, Nate. Yeah, it, it, what you just to touch on one more thing that you said there, Jim is try when you talk about the trial and error and your time your mm-hmm. time is your most valuable asset right? right yeah and if you're facing some trial and error and this business I'll be honest with you guys it's not an easy one even today I get discouraged by Amazon and and I'm just like oh these guys it's like they're all it's almost like they're out to get me at every turn there's mm-hmm. a new mm-hmm. you know thing that I have to navigate I call it the mount Everest approach. We're climbing Mount Everest, this thing called Amazon. And along yeah. the way, we're going to have yetis and dead bodies and and different and the wind's going to be blowing, it's going to be snowing on us and we have to wear oxygen. It's like at every turn it just seems like it's so they make it so difficult, but they make it difficult on purpose to shed off the weak ones so that they only retain the strong ones. And you have to ask yourself Am I the strong one? And what can make me of the strongest? And I believe that's where a coach really can benefit you the most. It eliminates the trial and error. And it's having somebody there going, oh, you're facing this problem that's really frustrating you today and you're about ready to throw in the towel. Well, guess what? I've got the solution. I've got the encouragement. Let's give you a shot in the arm. Let me tell you about my experience. Let me tell you about my failures so that you can avoid that down the road. That to me was the number one reason that I got mentored by certain people mm-hmm. throughout my life. And it has been the best investment I've ever made because of the time that I didn't have to waste figuring it out. And I'm a glutton for punishment. I'm a sucker for the punishment. I'll go ahead and try to figure it out. And oh, I'll be the guy in Photoshop editing images when I've got a whole staff that does that for me. I mean, I got to tell you, um, if I can do this, any of you can do this, right? Any of you can do this. I am the most ADD, you know, out and left field, but I'm a visionary. I'm a creative. That's why I work so well with Jim because Jim's a very structured sequential. Maybe that's the connection you need with a coach where your personality archetype is this way. We see that. So we put you with the right coach that matches that personality archetype and it brings out the best in you. I've seen it happen hundreds of times. So I, I love the organic relationships that emerge out of it as well. Okay. I, I, the opening comment you made about you know the people you surround yourself with and the content you consume, that's determining your future. So surround yourself with people who are doing the stuff that you want to be doing, right? The people that you aspire to be more like, 
That's what our coaches are. They they are all running successful businesses. That's a qualification to be on a coaching team. You have to. So be around people who are doing where you want to what you want to do. And if you do it as a team, your odds of success are so much higher. We see the people who jump in and form masterminds. And that, that's something I love about our Kickstarter groups too, Nate, is those have turned to, and we didn't anticipate this when we first set it up. You know, we're like, hey, we got a lot of newbies. Let's give them a group experience, give them a little taste of some of the coaching, help them out through some of those painful first steps. What we didn't anticipate was, we've done this, what, 25 times now, is those groups have turned into like little family groups. They still meet. <laughs> you know, we set up a little Facebook group for them and we put them in there 15 people at a time or so, and they get their coach experience and they go through a handful of sessions with their coach, but then the coach leaves and the group stays and they're friends and they zoom meet and they encourage each other. And even though they're all kind of new, they're saying, man, it's so, it helps me. I'm encouraged by it. Other people are doing this at the same step I am. You don't need to have that expert in there to make it a very valuable experience because now you're doing it with a team. Uh, But when you're ready to go further faster, that's when you get the coach. Stay encouraged with the team, go further faster with a coach. Sarah asked a really good question here. How do you balance your time between learning new sourcing strategies and just manually sourcing using the method taught in the replan course? There are 50 different ways to find profitable, test-worthy replans. And it's not a matter of balancing all 50. To me, it's a matter of finding one that works and drilling hard on it, but not getting yourself onto a treadmill or a hamster wheel that you're so focused on doing the routine every day. Like, this is what I do. I get up on Tuesday and I go hard all day, every day. And then Wednesday, I do this all day. And suddenly you look around and, you know, I'm not going to name any names, but Nate probably knows who I'm talking about. I mean, we've seen people go their entire e-commerce career on a hamster wheel and they've made some money, but nowhere near as much as they could have if they'd built systems and carved out enough time to do a few strategic things each week, relationships, expand your relationship network, new skills, new strategies. So you leave enough time either in your day or in your week. You know, for me, I'm hard to get a hold of. You can ask Nate before lunch. I'm kind of hard to get a hold of. If you ever try to get on my calendar, like for a podcast episode or like, where's Jim before lunch? I'm, I'm running, getting in my workout, getting in my good food, listening, studying, connecting with people that I haven't heard from in a while. I'm filling my head with new ideas. I'm studying different industries. And then I work on my business, the stuff that I know works the rest of the day, right? So I I dedicate almost a full half of my day every day to the stuff I just said, learning new stuff, trying new strategies. So the stuff that I know works, I'm going to hit that hard every day. I'm going to build systems around that but I'm going to free up enough of my time and enough margin in my life to where I'm always focusing on trying some new stuff too. And failing at most of it, by the way. Most of the new ideas we try around here, what you guys may not realize is, you know, before it gets the proven label, it's gone through the ringer. We we try 15, 20 new ideas before we bring one out to you guys and go, hey, check this out. It's, it's, it's a nine-month process, kind of like having a baby, like conception of the idea and comes over time, over time. Okay, maybe, okay, here it is. And we present it to the community. We say, hey, here, you guys are going to love this one because we've it's gone through the process of us testing it and proving it out. Uh, so yeah, always be testing. I say, if you're not failing multiple times per month in e-commerce, you're not doing it right because the cost of failure is so low. That's how the internet changed business is it took the risk of trying new things away. 
starting a business and trying new things used to be expensive. It's not anymore. If you're using the internet, try as many new things as you want. It doesn't cost you anything. A couple dollars here, a few dollars there. Yeah, try this out. And some people get stuck in that trap and it becomes this hamster wheel of just trying and never really building anything. I'm not saying that. I'm saying stick to what works, bolt it down, build systems, but spend plenty of time testing new ideas. So that's how I balance. And I don't even like the word balance, but that's how I distribute my time. Very intentional, doing what works. Very intentional, trying new things. Focus on results. Stay results focused, but keep keep plenty of margin in your day. Do more of that. But what my answer to that would be, here's my business journal. Mm -hmm. If you write down the things that you want to learn, accomplish, do, um, and then you track everything that you do in your business in a business journal, your thoughts, your ideas, um, you know, this is what helps me get done. People are like, Nate, you're dude, you're, you're always so busy. You're crazy. How do you get it all done? This right here. If I don't write it down, I have a whiteboard too. Um, if I don't write it down that I'm not, I'm not exercising good time management. I've shifted to where, I mean, seeing this, my, my schedule, there you go, Brian, you know, I, I my schedule, uh, it cleared through today. At the end of the day, I saw Jim was on. I'm like, Oh man, I'll just go join him and hang out. That's awesome. It's always a good time. But um, everything in my business is scheduled, is scheduled. I'm going to prep and ship these items scheduled this time. And what I'll do is I'll start a business journal and I'll write down every day before I get started, what are the top three things that I want to get done in my business today? What are the priorities? What's on my mind? What's nagging at me? What am I forgetting that I need to do? Write it down. I'll write down the three things that I want to get done. But then I'll also write down a statement, and this is kind of a little secret, but your thoughts are things. They are real, tangible, measurable things, and you become what you think about, right? So I'll write down a thought like, what does success mean to me today? If I wanted to cancel all of my appointments today and all of my schedule and go golf all day, I could have, but I didn't, and that's why I'm successful. That was, you know, that's the thought of the day in in your in your business journal. It could be success to me is you know, uh, being a part of a, a, a massive community of like-minded entrepreneurs that are there for me as much as I'm there for them. Hmm. And these affirmations do something to you psychologically. And it's not just typing it in a document in your computer or just thinking about it, or even put it in notes on your phone, hand write these things in a business journal, because what you're doing is you're taking a measurement of your business and that that can be measured can be grown upon and that that can be looked at from a time standpoint it's my goal is to find and and study for 8 hours for in the next month this new sourcing strategy i'm going to look at wholesale and study a course in the pack course and i'm going to i'm going to dedicate 8 hours this month so that means 1 hour Twice a week, I'm going to do that in my Google Calendar on Tuesday and Friday at these times. And if I don't put it in my schedule, it doesn't get done. You know, and you got to, with time management, there's the four D's, right? You know about this one, Jim? You got your do it, just do it. You got your delegate it. There's stuff that that is just below your your price as a CEO of your business. You only need to be doing the things the CEO should be doing. Otherwise, delegate that to somebody that, you know, is happy making 12 uh, bucks an hour, right? Um, The third D is drop it, right? 
Yeah. Sometimes you need to just, you got an idea. I do this all the time. You guys, like I get a wild hair and I'm just like, man, I'm going to do this and I'm going to, you know, you know, write a book on what it would be like to live on Mars. And, and you get there and you're like, should I be doing this? Okay. I can do this, but should I, and you start realizing, okay, there's a difference between doing what I can do and what I should be doing. Good ideas versus right ideas. That's the battle, man. Exactly, dude. And you have to just drop it. You just, sometimes you have, it's, it's, it's emotional and, but you got to just let it go. And then the last D is delay it. Delay. That's, I was going to be my guest, man. I love it. I'm not quite ready there. Mm. Let's put a pin in that and delay that one for That's another good. day. Do it now, delegate it, drop it, drop or, it delay or delay it. it. If you That's start good. implementing this into your time management system and every week you do the four D's with your business and you do this business journal and you go with a schedule, just don't, don't freestyle and just, I'm just going to work as I go and figure it out. Cause your brain, it's like going into a grocery store. You go into a grocery store and you don't take a grocery list. You walk in, you forget the things your wife sent you there for. Um, you buy things you wouldn't have bought otherwise. You spend way more time walking down the pet food aisle for some reason, right? And you're just not that focused. With a business journal, it's like a, if I have a grocery list, I go in, I get exactly what I need. I don't get, uh, uh, forget anything and I get out of there quicker than I would have otherwise, Yeah, right? Adding intentionality to the, the structure of your work week. But that's a really good question because I yeah. I'm in the same boat as you guys. It's not like oh guys I've made my whole business passive and I'm just out there, you know, having this life of an entrepreneur where no. I can just do anything I want. I'm I'm a really busy guy, and if no I don't use time management, my systems fail, and it affects the people around me. So, mm-hmm. you know, you need to think that way too. Go ahead, Brian. What's up? Unmute. Eight. Hey, I love you. God, my lord. Um, you forgot duck. Dodge, dip, and dive. <laughs> Dodgeball. <laughs> Dodgeball reference. Yes, sir. Okay, listen. Um, I can't I love believe that, man. I can't believe you guys have been on for this long. I have to go. I just want to say thank you so much. And speaking of brotherhood, I could go on about a bunch of other stuff. But Nate, well, speaking of brotherhood, first of all, I really feel like I am a part of a family uh that I am embracing entirely. And I feel the love all around. Trust me on this. And I wish Ralph was still here. I want to say hi to him. But anyway. Um, look forward to meeting you all. And Nate, man, I tell you what, I've been, uh, scouting uh, who I want to be my coach. Uh, and, and, uh, you're, you're in the top tier, my friend. <laughs> if you oh, man, can love, I love doing it, man. I love doing it. It, it. Even if I'm just one of the, the coaches, cause the coaching program, I mean, we want to align you with all the talent that we have. Well, on I our get it, but I feel like that's for you. I feel like that's how every coach thinks. And that's what's so mm-hmm. cool about it. Mm-hmm. However, I really like your vibe a lot, but I have to go. Yeah, now. Brian. Um, thank you so much. Dude, we're going to, we're going to hang out, man. Uh, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll buy you lunch at the conference. Columbus, so. Ohio. It's going to yep. be beautiful, man. All right. Love you guys. Right. Thanks. See you, Brian. Brian. Have a good night, brother. Thank you for listening to silent sales machine radio. Visit SilentJim.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.